Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome in to episode 28 of the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz, and I'm joined uh, by my co-host, the man, the myth, and always a legend, Aaron Riley. Aaron, I kind of butchered that intro here, but how are we doing tonight? <laughs> hey, better than ever. Better than ever. You know, much big delay between the, the couple pods, so if the fans are sticking with us, you know, more power to them at this point. The people are yearning for a pod. Uh, yeah, had, had to miss last week, folks. Sorry about that. Life gets in the way. Uh, we're back in better than ever. We have some World Series cleanup tonight, um, getting into some NFL as well. Aaron, you want to give us a little bit of a preview on what the folks can expect in terms of specific topics? Yeah, we'll, we'll get into, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, New England, you know, falling off their uh, high horse, I would say, at this point. Um, you know, you got Tua starting, uh, getting the starting job in Miami, um, you know, and really, you know, Tom doing Tom things and uh, Tampa Bay, as they say, uh, down there in, uh, for the Buccaneers. That's a Tampa couple Bay. things. Tampa Bay. Uh, everyone everyone get the hospital bed and get the stretcher out for two uh, in solidarity in, in advance of, of Sunday or Monday. I forget which day they play. But either way, he's playing Aaron Donald. So uh, we might have a, a one-game wonder for Tua. We'll see. But uh, nonetheless, let's get to today's topics. And now for today's topics. All right, folks, uh, World Series cleanup here. Uh, the other night, the Dodgers defeated the Tampa Bay Rays 3-1 to to take uh, the World Series in six games. A uh, bunch of storylines come out of this game. Uh, obviously, Blake Snell was pitching an absolute gem of a game. He was shoving, as the kids say. Uh, he was going strong for five innings and a third. Uh, gave up two hits, one earned run, and only pitched 73 Balls, uh, 73 pitches, however you say that. It was a tough dismount there. But uh, the manager took him out after he was absolutely dealing. Um, if you kind of, you know, took stock of the batters that were going to come up after he got taken out, they were combined 0 for 8, I think, against Snell. Um, so I, I guess that's just uh, sort of analytics, his computer, uh, the spreadsheets getting in the way of, of a decision. To me, if my guy is thrown five strong, he only has 73 pitches. He's only given up two hits. I'm probably keeping him in until he shows some some other signs of weakness. Um, but did you get a chance to see that decision, Aaron? And, and sort of what are your thoughts? Do you think uh, that probably cost them the game in the series ultimately? Yeah, I, I did see that. You know, um, I was pulling for Tam- Tampa Bay. I almost said Tampa Bay, but uh... it, it is Tampa Bay. You can call it Tampa <laughs> Bay. Trademark pending. We might have we might have cost ourselves some money out of our budget, but trademark pending. 
Yeah, I'll I'll take the L on that one. I'll I'll write the check if if need be. But um, yeah, questionable decision to say the least. I mean, I've always been the the type of person where if, if someone has the hot hand, uh, as long as they're not at you know 120 pitches, I'm I'm probably gonna keep them in there. I'll I'll even let them finish the inning over 100 pitches if they're if they're dealing. So uh, questionable call to say the least. Not the call I would have made, and and you know ultimately came back to to really haunt them uh, as that game progressed. Yeah, I mean, it's – and it, I will mention the earned run was actually scored after he got out of the game. Um, the base runner that he had just let on before he was pulled ended up scoring a wild pitch. So, to that point, he hadn't given up any runs yet. Uh, kind of an insane move from Kevin Cash. Um, I'm not really sure what's going through through your head there. But, nonetheless, good for the Dodgers, good for Clayton Kershaw. Uh, he, he's now the playoff leader in strikeouts. Um, and kind of has repaired his legacy. Kind of – kind of – you know, was a famous choker in the playoffs, if you will. Got made fun of a ton uh, for not coming up in the big moments. But the Dodgers have been there, uh, been in the World Series a lot in the past four or five years. So if any team was due for, for a championship, I think it's them. Um, Kevin Bay Rays, obviously, they're, they're going with the money ball approach. Uh, just the salaries are insane, I think. Uh, the Dodgers are well over 100 million, and the Rays are well below 100 million. So, uh, sort of pay, payroll versus analytics, um, kind of on the on the big stage once again with big payroll, walking uh, out. Uh, just goes to show, you know, anything can really happen. I think the Rays did have a legit chance. I think Snell was very good in the series. Another interesting thing to come out of this game: Justin Turner, uh, third baseman for the Dodgers, actually tested positive for COVID. Nope. Uh, I guess a test uh, comeback inconclusive. Uh, yeah, and the, and the Rays have a, have a rookie named Randy Rosarena. Uh, he probably would have won uh, World Series MVP had the Rays won the World Series. But nonetheless, I think it was an interesting series. Another interesting point to come out of Game 7, uh, Justin Turner, uh, third baseman, has a massive beard, ginger guy for the Dodgers. Uh, not that that matters. I just figured I'd add that in. But uh, he tested positive for COVID before the game. Um, there was a test, I guess, that came back inconclusive uh, before he had taken the field and then you know, they decided to retest that same sample, um, and it came back positive. So during the eighth inning, he actually left the game, um, which at that point, like, you're around your teammates and you probably infected everybody around you. Uh, but then obviously he came back on the field to celebrate the World Series. After the game, you know, didn't wear a mask, uh, kissed his wife, hugging people. I mean, so just basically doing a normal celebration if, if you just won the World Series. So I guess I can't really fault him for wanting to celebrate a championship with his teammates. I I guess I can sort of question uh, his his antics and, and not wearing a mask and things of that nature. But nonetheless, if I won a World Series, you'd, you'd probably not be able to stop me to get on the field. But uh, what's your take on Turner and, and his actions there? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously the moment got, um, you know, got to him in the fact that he, he didn't, you know, he wasn't thinking of, you know, I have coronavirus. You know, he's thinking I won the World Series. This is, this is awesome. This is a, a life, you know, this is a moment I'm always going to remember. So. I can't say, you know, I don't think he's an asshole by any means for, for doing what he did. I think he was just, you know, overwhelmed by the moment, which is un completely understandable. Um, and, and just, you know, that, that type of thing happens. You know, th this everything with coronavirus is unprecedented. You know, nothing, you know, we've never seen anything like this uh, before, at least in, in our lifetimes and in and, and Justin Turner's lifetime. So I don't like fault him by any means. He's not walking around like Kirk Cousins saying, you know, if I die, I die. He's not being just an, an ignorant asshole. I just think he, he let the moment, you know, get to him. And that's all that really is. But I don't fault him. I don't like, you know, I'm not going to condone him 
for, for doing that. It's just, it is yeah. what it is in, in that type of situation. He won the world series and he's been a part of that team where they, you know, they've lost world series after world series after world series. So um, good for him. You know, on, you know, just hopefully that a million people don't get infected now, but it is what it is, I guess. Could you imagine if that series goes seven games and like the entire Dodgers roster tested positive? And then they, and then they like take an L like eighth and nothing. <laughs> In that game seven. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't think – I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think they've been testing the guys yesterday and today just to sort of see where it shook out. I don't know if those are, are going to be public. I think if they were still playing, obviously, it would have been public. And, you know, we'll wait to see kind of how many guys do test positive or, you know, maybe it was a, a, a false positive. I think they tested a couple of times, so it's probably pretty conclusive at that point. But to me, if, if that entire team or, you know, let's say five or six key players of that squad test positive, there's no chance you can have a game seven. Or, you know, you play it, you know, obviously the rosters were expanded within the Rays, kind of get an easy win. To me, that probably wouldn't be fair and would have been a pretty funny end uh, to, to a weird MLB season because I think it from, – from, like, start to finish, it was a weird year. I, I feel like we, we shit on the MLB a lot a few months ago for – you know, not be able to come to a deal, not figuring out their health and safety, things like that. And, and just, you know, for that to happen, for someone to test positive in the clincher of the World Series was, like, kind of fitting to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even the, the Justin Turner thing, you know, I just think that was kind of icing on the cake in yeah. relation to just everything that went on. Um, I don't know. I, I'm glad it was a very good series. I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was game, game five that was, like, the insane game. Yeah, I think Kershaw started that game, looked like the Dodgers were well on their way to win, and then the Rays kind of came back and um, walked it off there. I mean, very exciting series, I thought. I mean, it, you know, six games, obviously a little deceiving. You kind of think the team that has the four wins um, kind of handles their business pretty handily. But I, I thought the Rays put up a good fight. Like I said, I think their pitchers are pretty good. Their lineup's good. I think uh, the Dodgers, you know, from top to bottom, obviously, uh, you know, can pay for more talented guys. I think the, the Rays far exceeded expectations with what they had on their roster. And you got to tip your cap. But at the end of the day, I'm going to steal a line from Moneyball. Nobody gives a shit if you don't win the last game of the season. Uh, cool. The Rays did not win the last game of the season. If I know somebody that likes to bring down the hammer on, on people, it's Daniel Kurtz. But uh, ain't, no, no, that, that's, that's totally appropriate. I mean, I was looking for the Rays to do uh, kind of what the Nationals did last year, you know, yeah. Um, not in the fact that they came out of nowhere because they did win the AL East and, and had a hell of a year. Um, and, and then there's a really talented team over there. But, um, you know, when they won that walk-off game, I thought that was going to demoralize the Dodgers to the point where they were going to, you know, do what the Dodgers usually have done in the last couple of seasons and, and just kind of fall flat on their face the last couple of games. But, um, you know, good for the Dodgers for being resilient. Um, I can promise you right now if uh, – the Los Angeles Rams or Los – I mean, I don't see the, the Chargers having a chance, but let's say the Rams win the Super Bowl. I'm going to start, you know, asking questions about our sports rigged or not because that would be a trifecta in the in the city of L.A. Yeah, no chance the Rams win. No chance the Los no Angeles chance. Kings hockey team win. But how much <laughs> credit does LeBron James get for this title? Oh, for this? Uh, I can't say. I can't say he is a – maybe uh, like a 2% impact on uh the Dodgers I'll, I'll give sure. you two percent over no, on kidding. no you're, you're right you're right Ma Magic Johnson's an owner though so he kind of gets credit a little, a little bit I guess yeah there you go I mean he uh ever since he's been there they've been spending big money so um you know I, I was 
kind of rooting against them in the fact that it would almost be like the Buffalo Bills where they just get there and just can't get the job done. So I just thought it would be yeah. kind of funny. But, um, yeah, you know, pretty competitive World Series. I think Tampa Bay, like like you had said, uh, you know, far exceeded expectations pretty much all playoff round, you know, all, all playoffs long. I mean, they, they knocked out the Yankees, which I was surprised about, and, uh, you know, just got the whole way through. Um, just, you know, came up a little bit short, but, uh, you know, that, that pitching – or the uh, the basically the pulling of of the pitcher um, that that to me is one of those you know you can't you can't do that I think the the coach just kind of froze up and you know did what like Doug Peterson would do in the heat of the moment just make the wrong call so huh. um, yeah ultimately it's a seven it's a six game series you know there's there's more to it than that but I think that played a huge impact obviously in that last in the clinching game. Speaking of people who probably shouldn't get caught, but I think Magic Johnson is on top of that list. <laughs> but we'll move on here. Uh, yeah, that's – I mean, congrats, congrats to the Dodgers. Aaron said, you know, kind of would have been a Buffalo Bills type scenario if they had lost once again. Uh, good for Clayton Kershaw. Good for Mookie Betts. Yeah, I think Red Sox fans are probably a little bitter that uh, Mookie won in the first year when he was off the team. Um, you know, good for good for – you know, the Rays, too, I mean, it's, you know, they'll be back next year probably, you know, at the top of the AL East, you know, slash, you know, uh, you know, contending for an AL, ALCS. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, baseball, you know, kind of, kind of whatever. I, I feel like it's uh, it's it's kind of upsetting when we have sports, you know, kind of on Sundays, Mondays, whatever, with, with football now. But uh, kind of a good kind of good World Series and, and kind of caps off another weird uh, sports year. But let's get to the NFL, Aaron. Um, some big news. You know, last week down in Tampa Bay, you mentioned Tampa Bay a couple times uh, this episode. Antonio Clown, or uh, Clowntonio Brown, as your boy Shannon Sharp would say, uh, signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, he was obviously suspended for the first eight games of the season. I think he can. I think he can play. So they play the Giants Monday. I think he can play then or play next week. I can't remember. Uh, research. We'll get back to you on that one. But uh, what do you think of this signing? Uh, over under how many weeks does he last in this team? At the beginning of the season, you know, if you would have asked me uh, from the moment Tom Brady signed in Tampa Bay, uh, you know, where, where is Antonio Brown going to go? I, I would have told you every single day of the week that uh, Antonio Brown would land there. I, I just thought that was one of those things where, you know, Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, just they seem buddy-buddy with each other. Um, it's one of those things where, like, you know, it's becoming like Gronk wherever Tom Brady goes. It looks like AB is going to go there too. What do I think of the signing? I I don't know. I think Antonio Brown has proven that he can't act like a civilized, you know, human being for that matter for uh, multiple times in the past. Um, kind of like a Josh Gordon, but on steroids, I would say. I don't know. I don't, I don't see, I don't see Antonio Brown lasting all season long with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just don't see it. I think, you know, this is really his last, absolute last chance in my opinion. I don't see, you know, him getting another shot to, uh, to play in the NFL. So, if he can, if he can make it all season, then you know maybe he he sticks in the league a couple more years. But I just don't, I don't see it. He's had way too many antics in the past. Yeah, no, I I agree. I, I think uh, you absolutely said it correct. It's his it's his last chance. Um, you know, if if you can't coexist with with Tom Brady, then you probably shouldn't coexist with anybody else in the league. Uh, I I mean, the Buccaneers and Bruce Arians and their GM kept saying that. It was basically the GM's decision to sign Tom, uh, to, uh, excuse me, to sign Antonio Brown. I kind of find that hard to believe. I feel like Tom Brady uh, was lobbying for Brown last year to get him on the Patriots and was probably lobbying again uh, for him to get on Tampa Bay. So 
to me, I, I don't, I don't really believe that BS. I, I do think Bruce Arians though is kind of a no, no nonsense guy. I think Mike Tomlin back in Pittsburgh is a no nonsense guy. And if you can't last in Pittsburgh or, you know, sort of hold up with that culture they have there in Pittsburgh, you're probably not going to hold up um, in many other places, but maybe the locker room there is different. Um, I, I do think this makes their offense pretty scary. Uh, you know, you have Gronk, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, and then you have a pretty decent offensive line. So on paper, it's got to probably rival the Chiefs there, probably rival the Ravens, maybe rival the Titans with with how good their offense is on paper. Uh, their defense is pretty good, too. They got Todd Bowles, former uh, Jets coach, their defensive coordinator. For me, I'm a fan of chaos, and uh, I think – adding this kind of, of a head case into a situation like this uh, is definitely a good recipe for chaos, for chaos and, and uh, creating a chaotic situation. So, you know, I, I'm, still, I'm still a Brady hater, and I kind of always will be just because I'm bitter um, from, <laughs> the, you know, my entire life basically of losing the Patriots and Tom Brady. So if he can go in there, ruin the, ruin the culture, ruin the team, um, I'll be a fan of it, and I'll be, you know, sipping on my drink, eating my popcorn, and tuning in on Sundays to see him kind of kind of throw a, a temper tantrum on the sideline. But, um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, people people might want this to work out, might want to see Brady get on the ring, not me. I can care less um, how good or, or bad they do this year. I'm just, I'm just kind of rooting for chaos. Hey, I mean, um, you know, a close friend of mine, Baltimore Ravens fan, was, was calling for Antonio Brown all season, and I keep telling him that's a horrible idea. Um, I just – from the moment that Antonio Brown left Oakland, I knew he he was the problem, not the team, because a uh, guy didn't even suit up for a game with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, reportedly, like, became very physical almost with uh, Mike Mayock, uh, yeah. the GM out there. Uh, this is, like, right after he was ecstatic to leave the Steelers. Like, he was, you know, running around like a, a madman in his backyard. Um, so, I, I just think he needs – I don't know. I, I think he, he's – like mentally he just needs help. And, and, I you know, I don't say that as a joke. I think he's just, um, you know, doesn't really know himself at this point. I mean, maybe he's he's improved himself in the time he's had off uh, from the league. But I, I just – I don't know. I think he's, he's extremely self-centered. I think he takes everything personally. And, and I think he's just not the type of guy that you want in a locker room. Um, you know, obviously a hell of a player when he puts it all together. But, you know, if he's not mentally there, he – he can't really help you just because of, of how much of a distraction and a cancer he can be at times. Ultimate cancer teammate, definition of a cancer teammate. Uh, you mentioned the, the Ravens. I think the Seahawks and the Ravens were both in on Antonio Brown services. They definitely inquired about him uh, with him and his agent. So, uh, and, and it's, it's funny because Des Bryant, I believe, just signed with the Ravens practice squad. So not, not to say that Des Bryant is on the tumultuous sort of cancer teammate level that Antonio Brown is, but I feel like he's probably number two, maybe number three on that list. Uh, you know, I think uh, the Seahawks probably need needed Antonio Brown a little bit more than the Buccaneers did, but, uh, you know, to play and reunite with Tom Brady, not that they played together for a while, but, you know, and, and I think he's from Florida. So just to remain in the, in the state of Florida and to not go, you know, travel all the way out west to Seattle was probably favorable for him as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I guess we can switch to Des Bryant. Do you think he gets like any playing time this year? He hasn't played in probably two years, two or three years, maybe at this point. <laughs> I think, uh, on a team like, like Baltimore, where they have a ton of weapons, it seems like no matter who they throw out there, it just turns into a threat. Um, you know, he gets very limited playing time. I think you'll see him make a couple catches here and there, maybe like one or two a game. Uh, but you know, I think 
Uh, obviously, his size poses a problem, but I, I just don't see him having much left in the tank as far as, like, you know, getting separation when running routes and, and things like that. So, um, you know, I, I don't look to see him make a big em- impact to say he won't make any. Um, you know, that might not be fair, but, um, you know, if you remember back to when he, he last played, I think, you know, was it the first game he played with the Saints he tore his ACL? or I think it was in practice. I don't think he even played pra- with them. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, Talking about practice. Talking about practice, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. He, he's obviously far from what he used to be. Uh, probably now even farther from what he used to be. So, um, you know, maybe he helps him out, makes a catch here and there. You know, makes the the defense think twice only because of his size, and, and that allows other people to get open, like Hollywood Brown, or, or what have you. But I, I just, you know, I, I think uh, from another team's perspective, if you're playing defense against him, you're probably putting your worst corner your worst defensive oh. back on him and just, you know, kind of rolling with that matchup. I, I, Des Bryant uh, at one time was, was a very good player, but uh, I've, if you, even if you remember his, his last season in Dallas, he just was a drop machine, almost like what Julian Edelman is now. So, oh, yeah, reverse, you know, wow. not even a reverse, uh, just a slingshot. It's a ricochet. But, uh, hey, uh, yeah. Confirmed Des Bryant doesn't get you out of the bed in the morning, but you know what does get me out of the bed in the morning, Aaron? Let's hear it. The Patriots sneaking out loud. So you mentioned Julian <laughs> Edelman. Uh, the Patriots absolutely stink. Uh, they're 2-4 and four in the season, losing three straight. Uh, in those three games, they scored 10 points against the Chiefs, 12 points against the Broncos. Yuck. And then six points last week against the 49ers. Uh, Cam Newton's an absolute dumpster fire. Defense stink. Uh, stinks. Um and no one can catch passes. This is my favorite topic of the show. Uh, this is the first time the Patriots have stunk since I've been alive, I think. Probably maybe when I was like four or five, they stunk. But ever since they got Brady, ever since they got Belichick, it's been an absolute living hell for me. Uh, of course, in the year that the Patriots stink, the Jets also stink way more. They're 0-7, about to be 0-8 this week. Uh, nonetheless, this is the only joy I really have this football season. Uh, what do you attribute – the Patriots' lack of good play, too. Uh, and do you think they'll be able to write their shit before the end of the season is over? Yeah, so, I, I mean, I think, um, you know, it's very, very good question. There's a, there's a lot of variables. There's a lot of factors that equate to, to what the – I think the two and three record, the Patriots have. Two and four. I don't know. I, yeah, they, they're not the Bills. Let's just say that. Uh, <laughs> um, as far as the uh, the Patriots go, I think – Obviously, Bill Belichick, you know, relied heavily on the defense last season. Um, there's not many weapons on, on offense this year, once again. Um, you have a Cam Newton who's kind of like I kind of predicted, like a shell of himself. Um, they're running an offense where he's, you know, almost 50-50 running the ball and passing the ball. It's, it's kind of predictable at this point. There's not much, like, deep threat. Uh, you know, there's not a deep threat on the team. There's not – it's not a splashy offense by any means. Um, and, and, you know, you, you put the defense in enough hard situations and you don't have time of possession, the defense is then going to struggle. Um, so, I just think Bill Belichick is kind of relying way too much on, on the defensive side of the ball and not really prioritizing the offense. Uh, I had figured that, you know, Bill Belichick being the guy that he is, would find something in Jared Stidham. Uh, up to this point, he's that guy through. sucks. <laughs> Man, he might be he might be listening to the pod. Good, he could maybe he'll know where he stands. 
I don't know, man. I, you might have to see a counselor after going out on that hard, but he, dude, no. dude, dude, dude. I, I just hate. I love how all the all the <laughs> talk in the off season was. Oh my god, I love Jared Stidham. Oh my god, he's so good. Holy crap! And then the second they get Cam Newton, it was. Oh my god, how did thirty-two teams pass on Cam Newton? Because he's hurt every goddamn game. Last season, he played what maybe one or two weeks and was hurt the rest of the season. There was a reason the Panthers moved on. There was a reason nobody else wanted to sign him because he can't throw the goddamn ball, and he's, like, kind of slow now. He's just limited in what he can do. Edelman's his best receiver. He's hurt now. Nikhil Harry can't catch a football. They don't have Gronk anymore. Their tight ends stink. Their offensive line let him opted out. Their defense opted out. I, I just – and these Patriots fans are making so many excuses that, oh, my God, in this economy you're worrying about football. In this pandemic you're worrying about football. Yes. Anytime the Patriots suck, I'm going to be worried about it. I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be tuning in. Only dance on the graves. <laughs> just, Bar none. As, as cold-hearted as you can get. But, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. Overall, I've, I would root for Tom Brady over Bill Belichick. I don't know why that is, but there's just something about Bill Belichick. There's something about even the, just seeing the Patriots logo, I, it makes me sick. So, um, I, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, saying that uh, – I'm sorry, saying that Jimmy G, uh, you know, leaving the Patriots when he did, you know, was, was that a mistake? I'm, I, I'll i come out and say I don't think Jimmy G's that good, to be honest He's with not. you. So I don't think he was the guy. Um, I guess I'm a sucker and and, and or, you know, just mentally challenged for thinking that um, Stidham <laughs> was going to be the guy because, I, I, you know, I bought in. I was like, man, watch. They'll turn, they'll turn this kid into a stud. Hey, not Tom Brady level, but I thought. That's not your fault. Be, they, you know, they made you. They made you believe that. They spread the fake news that he was fake good. News. He stinks. I told you that he last was, year because Jamal Adams had a pick six against him. I think he's played like what half, half a half a uh, half a game this year. He's terrible. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you're you're spot on. I, I I bought in. I you know I thought he'd be like a Matt Castle level of a, of a quarterback. I remember. Matt Castle lighting it up in New England, and then he left New England and, and didn't do too much after that. So I, I thought, you know, in that system, it's kind of like Nick Foles in Philly. It would just be money, um, Stidham in New England. But obviously, he, he's not the guy. I, I don't know where they're going to go from here. I, I pray to God that they miss the playoffs altogether. I'd love to see that. I'd love them to, to not win another game all season. Um, I'm right there with you in that boat. So um, I love to see him struggle. I, I was kind of rooting for Cam a little bit only because, you know, his back was against the wall uh, and the fact that, you know, he, you know, he's passed, was passed on by every team in the league. And, and you know, he's just – he's not even close to what he used to be at, at MVP caliber level. So I was pulling for him a little bit. Not a guy I really liked, uh, you know, early in his career. I thought he was way too cocky for his own good. But um, a hell of a player in his prime. But I, I think it's time – after the season, obviously, to move on. I don't know. Have you heard if they're going to play Stid the rest of the season? I mean, after benching, you know, Newton in the last one. Um, I haven't heard. Uh, I, you know, I, I think they'll probably, you know, kind of ride it out with Newton maybe for the next couple games. And, you know, once you kind of get towards, you know, week 10-ish, if they're out of it, I think, I think you know, I personally don't see them winning eight games. And if they're out of the playoff conversation, the AFC is pretty tough this year, I'll admit that. Uh, but if they're out of the playoff conversation by week 10, week 11, I can see them turning it over to him and kind of seeing what they have. I, you know, at, at that point, or, you know, have the players given up? Probably, you know, like, you know, like I said, Edel, Edelman's out for a while. Uh, they play the Bills this weekend. That's probably a loss. Um, after that, they have the Jets on Monday Night Football, which is going to be the worst game of the history of the NFL um, because those two teams will stink. 
And then they have the Ravens. So, I mean, I, you know, you lose another two games in three weeks and that puts you at uh, three and six. I think it's a tough hole that you kind of put yourself in. Then you got to play the Cardinals. You got to play the Rams. You got to play the Chargers. And you got to play the Bills again. Um, so, they do have a couple of winnable games. Like, like they play the Jets twice, as I just said. You could probably take a game against – uh, the Dolphins probably take a Texans game, but that'll put you at, what, six or seven wins? I don't think that, that even sniffs the seventh seed. Um, and I, I do think the Bills will take the division since they are sitting at a five and two right now going into this game against the Patriots. But, uh, you know, pe- people from New England might be like, no, like, you know, give us a chance. Uh, our winning culture, our winning history uh, should warrant, you know, people not giving up on us. But I'm giving up on them because I'm sick and tired of hearing how good they are, how they're going to turn around because they're frauds. They're not going to win more than seven games this year. You can take that to the bank. Hey, I mean, I, I don't see them winning more than seven games either. Um, I'm constantly brainwashed by what Bill Belichick seems to pull off year after year with, you know, who he has on the team. But th- this time they might have, you know, bit off too much. For the, even they can swallow. So, I don't know. I think, um, you know, next season's going to be a big year for them. I don't see them going back-to-back um, seasons, you know, struggling like, like they are now. I think they're going to make a move in, in free agency or in the draft. Or I think they'll, I think you'll see a different quarterback there next season unless, you know, something crazy would happen with Stid. Uh, I think Cam Newton's kind of shown what he has at this point. I, to me, I think he's – He's kind of washed. Uh, you know, I hate to say it in, in some respects, but, um, you know, it all goes back to him not diving on the ball in the in the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> that will always, I think, be not the definition of Cam Newton, but uh, what could have been, I think, you know, there, there's a lot of what could have been with Cam Newton and, and just unfortunately never got over the top. Agreed. Um, before my heart rate gets too much higher, uh, let's switch gears to – the Dolphins mentioned them a couple seconds ago. Uh, it was two a time in Miami. Um, he came on against the Jets uh, their last game when, when Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins beat them 24 nothing. Uh, Tua came on in garbage time through two passes, had like 10 yards, I think, nothing crazy. Uh, but I think that was the passing of the torch. Tua has now been named the starter. They had a bye week last week, uh, so he was able to kind of get his feet under him in practice, get a couple more film sessions in before this game against the Rams this Sunday. Um, I'd have to say I'd, I'd probably be scared shitless going against Aaron Donald and that defensive line in my first start as an NFL quarterback, but nothing like throwing yourself right into the fire. Uh, we touched on it in, in the intro and a little bit earlier. Do we get out the stretcher now or do we wait till the game starts? I think uh, you definitely have to have it pulled up, you know, have it prepared, have it uh, ready to go. Have to. Uh, you know, I, I saw, uh, you know, a pretty legendary – Florida musician, uh, let's just, you know, call him Rose. Uh, you know, the kids know who that is, but um, <laughs> shout it out uh, to, a, you know, and then he once again tried to pronounce his alphabet of his last name. Oh, no. Um, and, and just failed miserably. So that was, I love to see that. You know, Rick Ross is, is a boss. That's what he calls himself. So not to go off tangent, but uh, that's always entertaining. I think these Miami fans are delusional uh, if they think Tua is going to be the answer. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I doubt it, though. I just don't, you know, the guy was injury prone as hell in college. And, you know, you're playing the best college players in the NFL, you know, that evolved into the best players in the NFL. So a lot faster of a game, a lot more physical uh, guy that's been beaten up his entire college career. So I, I just don't see it. Uh, him being the guy, I almost feel a little bit bad for Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, you probably saw that 
know, he was kind of emotional that he got ripped out of the, the starting yeah. position, after, especially after winning, you know, two straight games, which kind of surprising their timing of, of what, you know, of bringing Tua in. I guess they think he's ready. I guess they want to move forward. But, um, you know, Miami isn't exactly playing horrible football right now. And, and you kind of take the, the hot hand out of there, you know, kind of like the Tampa Bay Rays did. So, or I'm sorry, the uh, just the Rays. But, uh, yeah, anyways. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. They're three and three right now. They're uh, second in their division. Um, so to me, why, like you said, why do you take out the hot hand? I, you know, maybe maybe all along it was their plan. You know, you're six games into the season. Maybe it was okay. You know, Fitz, we're gonna give you six games, see what you can do, and, and who knows? Maybe two has been letting up in practice and has looked better than Fitzpatrick. I don't know. Uh, I don't really follow the Dolphins all that close, but. Um, this situation is definitely worth monitoring. Like I said, I think he starts against a tough defense. The Rams are five and two. That's nothing to sneeze at. I, I do think it's kind of a rude awakening. Um, then they have the Cardinals next weekend, who, you know, they're also five and two. And then you follow that up with the Chargers, who also have a good defense. So his first three games could potentially could potentially struggle. So, you know, they they have kind of a tough schedule. I feel like all all the AFC East teams have a tough schedule playing the AFC West and the NFC West, but that's kind of how the cookie crumbles for Tua. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I'm not – I was never overly, you know, high on Tua coming out of college, even when he was in college. And, obviously, you tack on that injury at the end of his college career. You know, you really don't uh, want to sing his praises anymore after that. But we'll see. I, I think uh, Herbert's doing pretty good this year. Joe Burrow uh, is running for his life but kind of holding his own out there. Uh, so, Tua could kind of, you know, fall in line with those – uh, rookie quarterbacks and kind of round out the 2020 class here and and show show he's worth something but uh yeah you know I think the stretcher has to be out there maybe maybe two stretchers I don't know it might get hurt, might get hurt twice we'll see <laughs> I mean you know I, maybe that's why they wanted to throw him into the fire throw him at you know throw him at the uh the Rams one of the best defensive lines uh Aaron Donald you know an absolute uh animal out there see if, if Tua can hold up against, you know, those type of guys. I don't know. I don't know where their logic is on that, but um, that's almost my guess at this point. Um, you know, I who knows, We'll see, like you, you alluded to, uh, I think Joe Burrow and uh, really being the best, uh, but, you know, Justin Herbert playing playing very well as well. It'll, yeah, I think I think for sure I'll be tuning in to see, to see some of the highlights, see his stat line. We'll have to recap it on the show next week. Um, but again, it's one game, so you can't really judge one game. You can't really judge probably five games. So we'll take, we'll see how the rest of this season goes. Hopefully, he can, uh, you know, stay healthy, and, and we'll definitely see how that goes. But uh, switching gears here, another another quarterback that has has definitely been a topic of this show, especially early on in our uh, show's infancy. The moment the, the fans have probably all been waiting for. I think it's time, Aaron, for a little bit of a Derek Carr update, if you don't mind. All right, folks, Derek Carr, Raiders, three and three. His stat line, 152 for 211 passing, uh, 1,726 yards, 13 touchdowns to only two picks. Like I said, they're 3-3. Three and three. They play the Browns this Sunday in Cleveland. The Browns are favored. I don't know how, but they're favored. The Browns are 5-2. The Browns are 5-2. Holy shit. All right. Derek, Derek Carr. Give me that Derek Carr. Um, we call him a bona fide scrub because he, he is a bona fide scrub. Uh, but do you think that stat line to go along with that record, uh, do you think he has gotten away from that nickname or is it still valid that we call him a bona fide scrub? Um, in, in my, you know, maybe he's not a bona fide scrub as Stephen A. Smith would, would say, but, uh, you know, I, I never thought he was, you know, when he signed that contract for oh, like over a hundred milli, 
Um, I, I just didn't think he was worth it. I think, you know, and it, if I'm taking Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins, uh, maybe I take Derek Carr just because I can't stand Kirk Cousins. And, and really, I think Kirk Cousins is extremely overrated. But um, maybe not mm-hmm. as scrub, but I, I'm taking uh, – let's say this. I'll take Matt Stafford over Derek Carr seven days a week, though. Seven days a week, twice on Sundays. Uh, I, I agree. Let's round out their schedule. They just got smoked by the Buccaneers, 45-20. and 20. They play the Browns. Four, five, and two. Then they play the Chargers. Then they play the Broncos. Then they play the Chiefs. That's three divisional games right in a row. Um, I would say they could probably beat the Chargers and Raiders, but lose to the Browns and I'm sorry. I think they can beat the Browns and Chargers, but they'll probably lose to the Chiefs. Uh, maybe we go three and one there. Then they play the Falcons and Jets, easy. Then they play the Colts. That's probably a loss. Then they play the Chargers and Dolphins and Broncos to finish out their season. So. I mean, I think if if the Patri- or, uh, excuse me, if the Chiefs weren't in their division, I think they'd probably have a chance. Uh, I just I just think the AFC is too tough. Maybe they sneak the seven seed. I could see them squeaking in. Uh, they can probably fight the Browns for that spot. I you know the AFC the AFC, uh, the AFC North is very good with the Browns, uh, Ravens, and Steelers all being very you know obviously at the, at the top of the AFC, but. You know, we'll see it. You know, we'll see if, uh, you know, he's 500 right now. It's, you know, it's, it's not enough for me to get rid of the bona fide scrub moniker, but it's also not enough for me to really sing uh, his praises or really shit on him that much either to counter that. But nevertheless, Derek Carr, polarizing figure on the show. Um, but we will get to our teams, Aaron. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles coming off of coming off a Thursday night close victory, close, very close victory. Uh, against the Giants. Uh, they played Dallas and their third-string quarterback, Gucci Danucci. Uh, give me a state of the Eagles and give me your confidence level uh, going into this week, and then I'll you know, probably talk in the Jets even though I don't want to because it's the same shit as I've been saying the past seven weeks. But nonetheless, we bring you the brutally honest takes, and you will get the brutally honest takes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty interesting matchup this Sunday night. It's a football night in America game. Uh, looking at Eagles in Dallas um, in Philadelphia, uh, I think I think Philly has the upper hand here. Uh, not only lost Dak, now has lost Andy Dalton uh, for the at least this game. Um, so, with that being said, you know Eagles coming off a, a shaky game to say the least with the Giants really a, a nail biter. They were down about 11 points with six minutes to go, but you know found found themselves in the win column. Uh, after uh, you know a couple of incredible drives by by walking to him, Wentz, I'll say I'll give him credit for that. Um, after a, a pretty shaky game, but let's all keep in con you know in contact that uh, you know it's all practice squad guys out there on offense. Really, I mean it's it's a joke. It's you know it, it's just the the injury bug hits this team harder than any team I've ever seen in my life. Um, repeatedly year after year, I don't know what it is. They got a whole new medical staff this year. That doesn't seem like that's fixed anything. Maybe it's made things worse. I don't know. But um, I think Philly wins this game. I don't think it's a blowout like a, a lot of the fans are alluding to. I think, you know, you'll still kind of see the, the Eagles struggle here and there. Um, certain positions like linebacker, I mean, Dallas can pick that apart if they want. I'm worried about Dallas, you know, running the ball uh, with some success after the Giants just ran the ball with enormous success. And, also, Daniel Jones himself um, it broke off a, almost an 80-yard run. Almost. Unbelievable. You know, I'm sure everybody's seen the, uh, you know, the fall, almost like the life alert. Type Amazing. Of fall. 
I laughed. I cried laughing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Cowboys. Just when you think they they can't get worse uh, under a head coach, they find a way. Uh, I thought Jason Garrett was the problem. That doesn't seem at all to be the case, uh, at least with the defense. Um, atrocious. Um, just lost 25 to three against the Washington football team. Um, so. I, you know, Dallas doesn't seem like they have much. Philly doesn't have much either, but I think they have enough to win this game. I think, you know, you, you see a game where Philly Price scores, I'll say at least like 32. They they average about 30 a game. Dallas's defense is terrible. Wow, hanging a 30 spot. I 30 love spots. It. I'll say 32. I, I see Dallas getting maybe 10. Um, may, maybe, maybe 17, you know, maybe they score late in the game. All right, so you're saying I should bet on the Eagles. I'm, I'm taking the Eagles on this one, but I don't, you know, I said 32-17 probably, but I, I just, I don't think it's going to feel like that because the Eagles have pretty much every game this season have found a way to either let a team back in or, you know, have to come from behind. So I don't right. see them blowing out this, this team for whatever reason. No, that's, that's a fair assessment. That's a fair assessment. The Dallas defense is the worst defense I've ever seen in my entire life. That's an exaggeration because the Jets play football. Uh, Mike McCarthy's an idiot. Jerry Jones is a problem. Uh, I think Zeke Elliott has given up on the season um, because he got his money and Dak is also hurt. Uh, this new kid, Gucci Danucci, we'll see how he does. I'm not really expecting much, but I do expect the Eagles to, to roll. Uh, you mentioned the injury problems. It's obviously a concern, but I do think they play well. I think Wentz is starting to kind of hit his stride. He has his moments, for sure. He has his moments where he kind of has a brain fart out there. I think, he, I think he's starting to hit his stride, though, so – you know, hopefully for for your sake, hopefully for the podcast sake, the Eagles can string together a couple of wins here and uh, you know get back to the top of the NFC East because who knows? Hopefully they can you know squeak into a playoff spot. It seems to be them and the WFT, the Washington Football Team, to kind of a two horse race now. Um, now that Dallas is kind of sucking on some eggs and the Giants kind of mm-hmm. pissed away that 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 game last week, but we'll see. It's, a, it's gonna be a good matchup. Yeah. Part of me has felt all season long like I don't want this team to win the win the division only because I think they need an overhaul and I think if they win the division, Doug uh, Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie will think, you know, oh we're doing something right here where uh, there's just a bunch of if you look at this team like who they got out there in some positions I mean it to say it's a joke is an understatement I mean they're playing guys that were drafted in the fifth round uh, the offensive line is in sh- absolute shambles um, yeah. so. I think this team needs a lot, a lot of issues addressed. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always going to root for them. Um, as hard as it is sometimes it, it, and as stressful as, as it is sometimes, I am going to root for them. But, um, you know, it, it's just basically it, it's everybody in that division is shitty. It's who's the least shitty of all of them is going to win. So That's a student, that's a student analysis. Um, before we take off, then I do want me to go off on the Jets. I, th- I think it's needed. All right. All right, so we're playing the Chiefs this week. The Jets will not win. The Jets will not keep the game close. The Jets will not be playing the same sport as the Chiefs. The Jets fucking suck. Adam Gase is the worst coach in the history of the NFL. He recently gave up play calling to his assistant. Uh, His assistant coach led the Jets last week to four, kind of one, two, three, four total yards in the second half. That's absolutely atrocious in an NFL game. Uh, Adam Gase has ruined Sam Darnold so much so that we will probably be trading him uh, to get Trevor Lawrence if we do, in fact, get the number one overall pick. But who knows? Maybe we'll play well enough at the end of the season to win one or two games and piss that away as well. Because if you look at the landscape of the NFL, 
They're five to six one-win teams. If the Jets do win a game, they would be leapfrogged by those five to six teams and probably pick sixth or seventh. So, of course, that's probably going to happen because the Jets can never have anything go correct for them. But the season's over. They're 0-7. They're going to be 0-8. They're going to be 0-16. I'm calling that right now. I've called it since, like, week three. You've heard me <laughs> talk about it. You've heard me sing the praises or, or sing the disgust that I've had. Adam Gase is an absolute idiot. I do like Joe Douglas, but Adam Gase is an idiot. The owner's an idiot for hiring Adam Gase. The owner should be fired if that's possible. You should. There should be a clause within your ownership – that contract, whatever the fuck it's called, that you should have to sell the team if your team goes 0-16. That will not happen. I wish it did. Um, hopefully they play the rookies. Uh, they, they have a pretty decent rookie class. I'll say that. They're finally mostly healthy, so that's kind of the only bright spot. Really the only thing I'm looking forward to. The left tackle, Mekhi Becton, uh, their first-round pick is a tank. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Their second-round pick, Denzel Mims, had a few good catches in the first half, and they went away from him in the second half last week. But – uh, I'm really hoping for, for some rookies, some bright spots, but uh, they will lose by 30 points this week to the Kansas City Chiefs. That's all I got. Yeah, man, to say Dan is on a roll is the fur, the farthest understatement I can make. Um, you know, I, I tip my cap. Ever since I met this kid, he, he stuck by the Jets, uh, not wavered for a season, uh, you know, a game for that matter. So um, I definitely feel for you. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know where to, it's one of those, you know, I, I don't follow them. You know, I don't really follow them at all. I'll be honest with you, but, yeah, um, it's fair. at the same time, it's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like one of the, it's like a nightmare knowing that they have to go face Patty Mahomes face, you know, that offense, that speed. It, it's just, I don't know, man. I don't think I could sit through a minute of that game. If I, if I'm on, if I'm a Jets fan at all, I, if I, but if the uh, can't, you know, if I can talk here, if the if the <laughs> Eagles were to play the, the Chiefs this season, I I don't think I could watch it. I it's just that that's that's painful, man. I, I feel for you. Just insult to injury at this point. Yeah, if, I mean, if there was if there was ever ever an opportunity to forfeit, I think this would be the week. Like I said, they're going to be playing <laughs> different sports. The Chiefs are going to be playing football, and the Jets are going to have their dicks in their hands on the sideline. So we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I, that's all I can really say. Uh, I'm, I'm done talking about football. I'm done talking because I'm so frustrated. Aaron, why don't you take us home? Yeah, sorry for the uh, you know delay in, in coverage. You know, we'll try and get back on a, a solid schedule going forward. You know, hope to hope the listeners uh, enjoy uh, you know the podcast. Regardless, uh, we're trying to trying to bring it to you as much as possible when, when life doesn't get in the way. Um, but. You know, we'll, we'll get back on, on our high horse here and try and give you the, the best coverage we can going forward. Um, I think, you know, the NFL season is definitely interesting at this point. Um, but, you know, it's been painful for me. I know it's been painful for Dan even more so. So, I, you know, I, I don't see the Eagles doing much. I don't think, you know, the Jets really have a chance at this point to do much. So I'm just kind of, you know, I'm going along for the ride. Um, and, and that's really... That's all I can say. I'm going along for the ride at this point. Take us home.